Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are Jay talking. We're live midnight to five. Really, I, I'm into health. I talk to you folks uh, um, a lot, and it's... It's clear to me that there's a lot of ill health out there. I can't do much, some things, but I can give you information, and especially about what you eat and what you don't eat. We have a return here of Aaron Kenny, who is a nutritionist, and we're going to talk about gut health. We have brushed up against that a little bit, but we're going to really drill down on gut health and find out why it's all of a sudden you're hearing about gut health so much and and how it can go wrong and how you fix it and things related to it like inflammation and even some recipes that are good for your gut. So, Aaron, thanks for being here again. Thanks for having me. So I guess this, the place to start with is what is, what's your gut? What is your gut? It's a great question. Your gut, we'll refer to it as the microbiome. Okay. And that is the composition of the bacteria that make up the, it's not just your stomach. I think a lot of people tend to think of the gut as your stomach, but it's also your large intestine, your small intestine, your colon, and also starting all the way from your mouth to your esophagus. We've got a long tube going all the way through there. Okay, so it's, it's basically the elementary canal? Correct. That whole, what about the... Stuff outside that, the per- in the peritoneum, is that doesn't count as gut. It's just your food passage. Correct. All right. And now you have, what is gut health and, and, and how does, actually, we'll just do one question at a time. What is gut health? What is a healthy gut? A healthy gut, we have a hard time defining exactly what a healthy gut looks like. We are at a place where we're seeing a broad spectrum of different bacteria, meaning someone who has a variety of different species in their gut being a more protective one. That's a trend that we're seeing. However, we don't know exactly what the ideal optimal healthy gut looks like. So people with healthy gut Mm -hmm. have a balanced palate of different kinds of bacteria in the gut. Mm -hmm. All right. So how does gut health go south? How does it go wrong? Mm. Well, let's talk about the Western diet. We have a highly processed, highly refined sugar laden series of products on the shelves. And our diet plays a huge role in contributing to poor gut health. We have a very highly stressed environment nowadays very busy lifestyles, physically, mentally challenging, and that can disrupt our gut microbiome. And then one other big topic is medications. We have several medications, especially antibiotics, that really take a toll and can actually wipe out a lot of the good bacteria that we have in our guts. And there's a lot of overuse of these medications and antibiotics. So what do the bacteria in your gut actually do? Why is it so important? They are the powerhouses of your health, honestly. They are 
contributing to your immune system. 70% of your immune system is located in your gut. They control your hormones. They are part of a larger system called the enteric nervous system. What that means is we have these nerves that go from your brain to your gut. They're they're like a walkie-talkie system, and everything that's going on in your gut is also being signaled to your brain. There's so much potential. I mean, I, I can't even begin to surface level, you know, talk about what the impact of the gut microbiome has on our health. How, how many bacterium are there? We have more bacteria in our gut than we have cells in our body, which I think is a pretty wild concept to think about that we might simply just be hosts for bacteria. How many, how many different types are there? A lot. Like trillions. Trillions of types of bacteria. Not trillions of types. I don't know the exact. Okay. But it's hundreds maybe yeah. in your gut? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yes. And back to the things in the Western diet that make it, that are bad for it. Mm-hmm. Um, food. I said um, by the way. <laughs> Foods that are sugar. Sugar is a killer of uh, balanced gut, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of, how does that work? Basically, it causes a state of inflammation. When we have high amounts of sugar going to our liver, trying to be processed, our body is going to be in a state of inflammation. And that's also dependent on the type of sugar. We have two, you know, fructose and glucose and high amounts of high fructose corn syrup, for instance, which is in a lot of very highly processed foods, is digested and absorbed very differently than, say, a standard glucose. If somebody is gut, somebody's gut's out of whack, what are some of the ways that it manifests itself? What are some of the ways that people can feel less mm. than optimal? That's a great question. There are the more obvious ones. So gas, bloating, diarrhea. Then there's memory issues, brain fog, irritability, sleep issues. Brain fog can be caused by bad gut health? Mm-hmm. How does that work? Do you you know the the mechanism? Mm -hmm. Well, I mentioned how the gut and the brain are directly connected physically, but also you want to think about, you know, energy-wise and blood sugar regulation and how do you feel after you have a, you know, very sugar-laden meal or you have a very highly processed meal. You feel tired. You feel sluggish. And how is that going to help with your memory and your concentration and your focus? Probably not not great if you're not having a good quality, you know, meal or, you know, response to the food that you just ate. What are the some uh, some more signs and symptoms of ill gut health? Mm. Thyroid issues is a big one. Thyroid issues, hormone imbalance, skin issues. The skin is the largest organ in your body and we often don't think about the fact that when we have a rash or when we're having things like psoriasis or eczema, that is usually almost always directly tied to having poor gut health. Is it possible that people have problems and don't even know it? Like they just, there's nothing specific they notice, but might benefit from just taking a look at what they eat? Mm. And this actually brings a client to mind in particular. It's typically the male clientele will come in and they'll say, well, I'm a gar- I, you know, I could eat a garbage can and be totally fine and have no symptoms. And a lot of the times what happens is when you are chronically in a state of inflammation or consuming foods that 
you your body does not appreciate your gut doesn't appreciate you produce a lot of mucus in response to that and it you might not have those symptoms you know digestive wise but they might be showing up as things like brain fog or insomnia or thyroid issues or inability to lose weight those types of things absolutely all right so when tell me about what happens when someone comes to you what what's your intake like what kind of questions do you ask them what's day one like with you mm. I have a very holistic approach and I always use the example of someone having a splinter if somebody has a splinter we don't give them ibuprofen before we take the splinter out, right? We, we get to the root cause. We treat the symptom. My first line of defense is to be the investigator. I am looking at their health history. I'm looking at their medications, their sleep, their stress, everything to play the detective of what is the root cause of this person's issue? What are their symptoms? What are their lifestyle habits? What are they eating? The fundamentals, are they drinking enough water? I'm really digging into how can I address this from the very first root cause perspective. All right. And what do you see as common things that people are commonly doing and eating wrong? Mm. The first one would be water. I can't tell you how many people are not drinking enough water. How much is that? How much, you know, baseline, just get half your body weight in ounces. So take your body weight half every that day? every day. Your urine should be not clear, not it, the color of colored. lemonade. Lemonade. Lem lemonade. You'll never think of lemonade the same again no. after this. But Okay, so let me get that right. I guess I'm not drinking enough water. <laughs> your body weight. Half your body weight. In half ounces. your body weight. So if you're, if you're 100, if you're 200 pounds, which hopefully you're not. If you're 200 pounds, you should drink 100 ounces of water? Correct. Clear water. 100 ounces. How much is that? 100 ounces. It's a lot. It's a lot of water. It's like one of those big Pepsi things. Yeah, it could have Two liter Pepsi things is 64 ounces, right? Yep. So, so it's like three liters, something like that? Yeah. Like more than you would expect. Right. Do you drink that? I don't drink three liters a day. I so that's like a glass of water every hour. Sipping throughout the day, too, I think that's that's actually a really important thing because I'll have clients say, well, okay, I'll just wake up in the morning and I'll chug a gallon of water. But That's overdoing it. It doesn't work like that. We got to spread it throughout the day. Your body does not absorb water in that sense. We, you know, have a different process for that. So sipping it throughout the day, you don't need to, you know, go buy a, a jug at the grocery store and, you know, start chugging it. Just be mindful and monitor the color of your urine. So if you're a 100-pound person, drink 50 ounces of water a day. Correct. Wow. That is – it seems – if I think of cave cave persons, cavemen and women, you know, and, and a lot of times we take a look at the circumstances that were in existence when our bodies were created over, over the thousands and thousands of years at which all of the bodies – Pieces were put together and the chemicals were arranged. I can't imagine that's, that they drank that much water back in the in cave times. And I right? want to also tell like, you like, that... There's not a lake everywhere. They didn't have water bottles. Right. But 
cavemen from the moment they woke up in the morning they weren't exposed to multiple levels of toxins ah. from the second they wake up to the moment they lay their head on the pillow i mean you they think, had no pillow first of all. <laughs> they had no pillow first of all let's also get that right they we wake up in the morning and you know you think of someone's standard routine let's use a female for example they're putting makeup on their perfume their deodorant that very second, you're now exposed to hundreds of chemicals that your body is now. And these chemicals you put on the outside of your body can affect your gut health. Absolutely. By messing with your bacteria. Your skin is the largest organ in your body. Yeah. And what you put on that skin is being absorbed into your bloodstream and is impacting you systemically. Absolutely. The products that you put on your body, we should start caring more about like that. Like moisturizer. Mm-hmm. Should you not use any of this stuff, or should you get organic versions of it? Or? Yeah, you're like, okay, so give us something, right? So go to ewg.org, the Environmental Working Group, ewg.org. They find products that are known to be safe. They're low, low on the level of could they have any potential to cause cancer, and they will show you all of the common products that you'll find on the market nowadays where you can go in and you can find trusted, safe products. Wow. Excellent resource. It is stunning to me how businesses do not care about our health. They will knowingly kill us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They know that we want to smell good and look good. and Well, actually, not only do they know we want that, they make us want that. Mm -hmm. We probably, in many cases, didn't even want that before, but they, you know, they taught us that we need to smell great all the time. Yeah. I didn't realize that something you put on the outside of your body could affect your gut health. How did we didn't hear about this very, you know, a pretty short time ago? Now we hear about it all the time. Why didn't we hear about it then? And why do we hear about it now? Gut health. I think it's because we just didn't have the research, and we often, especially in the medical field, aren't thinking from a holistic standpoint or hadn't been. It was really a let's treat a let's treat a symptom. It's been, okay, here's a disease, let's treat the disease. But no one was saying, how do, we, how do we prevent that disease? How do we start from, why did we even get here? How, did we, how do we get to the root cause? And I think that's why we're now starting to, everything's being traced back to the gut. I mean, you look at you know, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, you will find an article about how it is linked to your gut health. And that is why I think it's just taken time for the research to come out and for people to make that connection that we're now starting to realize how important your gut health is. Sugar is really, really bad, right? It, at some point, do you feel like people will feel about sugar like they feel about tobacco now and start to actually ban it? There actually had been. There's, I think, I believe the state of New York was, they tried to do this. They actually tried to make you know, a certain soda or something like that, they were putting a tax on it, basically. And I, don't quote me on that, the exact details, but they were they were trying to do this, and it did cause a lot of controversy. And so there's been, there's definitely been times where people have, and there's headlines that I've seen where it's, you know, sugar is the new cocaine, or, you know, definitely making that connection between how bad it is for our health I think it's it's something that is bad for our health. It's is it the main contributor? I think we we also want to look at stress and the amount of stress that we have going on in the the world that we live in. And there's a lot more to it, but sugar is you know it's okay. definitely not great for us. So right now we're talking about 
how our gut health gets messed up. And in a little while, we'll talk about how to fix it. But uh, beyond sugar, stress actually can be bad for our bacteria in our gut too. Stress, mm-hmm. how does that mm-hmm. affect our bacteria? It can switch the composition. Now, we have different types and different species of bacteria in our gut, right? And we want to balance, just like everything, especially when it comes to health and nutrition, we want to balance. And high levels of stress means high levels of the hormone cortisol. It means high levels of inflammation in the body. And what does that do for the balance of our gut bacteria? It favors the growth of unhealthy gut bacteria. What does long-term inflammation do to us? Long-term inflammation, we can connect back to diabetes. We can connect to heart disease. It is, I would say, you know, they say heart disease is the number one killer of death. I would say long-term inflammation is really it. Because but people don't really know that that's the initial cause of the problem. Right. How, how did you become interested in this? What, did you yourself used to be an unhealthy person, and mm-hmm. that's how you came to be into this? Mm-hmm. I from from day one, I had gut issues. I was I was formula fed because I was a not tolerating dairy at a very young age. I was on long term antibiotics for most of my life. I had chronic ear infections. I was irritable and had mental health struggles that were exacerbated by the food that I was eating. And that journey of learning how to heal my own gut and understanding and obsessively researching the connection between what I was eating and doing and the, you know, from the moisturizers to what I was putting on my body to the food, to the exercise, I wanted to optimize my own health and heal my own gut. And that- How did you know to go in the direction of gut health? What, that was quite a while ago. Did you read something? Did somebody direct you? Was it just your gut feeling? I I mean, honestly, there there there's a big thing about intuition. And when you listen to your body and you, I think what I did at first was I cut a lot of foods out. And as I started adding them back in, that response of my gut health and my digestion, because my digestion was always off. I was always having really bad stomach pains and that was more of a dramatic realization for me because that those symptoms went away. A lot of people don't necessarily have that reaction maybe to that extent, whereas I did, and that was more profound for me. I had more energy because my you know bowel movements were more regular, and I was thinking more clearly, and I was more focused in school, and you know it was it was absolutely life changing. I became obsessed with the idea of how how dramatic the impact it had on how I felt and went about my everyday life. And so this is your passion to, now to help other people? Absolutely. Okay, again, it's, what is it, Rewire, Nutrition Rewire? Nutrition Rewired. Dot com. Dot com. And we will talk about your, your cookbook, but that's also at the website you can look at now. Yes, right? and it, it's also it's a cookbook, but it's also a guide that has practical steps that you can take and some education around leaky gut, the symptoms, and how to identify if, if you do have it. Okay, so leaky, leaky gut's only one type of bad gut health. All right, let's continue after this on WBZ. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Let's continue getting healthy here. We're with Aaron Kenny, MS, RD, LDN, HCP. So I know the RD is registered dietitian. LDN, what is that? That's a licensed dietitian in the state of Massachusetts. Uh, I'm just interested in all that. And MS? Masters of Science Okay, in and the HCP is Holistic Cannabis Practitioner, and we can get into that a little bit later. It, uh, I'm, I'm now looking at your, we- your website, Nutrition Rewired, uh, uh, to just uh, see what other folks would see if they go there. Now, f- we're going to finish talking about how our gut health gets bad, I'd love to take a call if anybody wants to call, 617-254-1030. Usually don't, but in this case, you might, Aaron might be able to help you out. 617-254-1030. Talk about how things are, are go bad with your gut health and, and then how to fix them. And we'll talk about the cookbook that's related. So we talked about stress and how that affects your gut health. Mm. We didn't really talk about medications. Mm-hmm. Medications can just knock everything completely for a loop, correct? Including anti. Tell me what medications. Augmentin, for instance, is one, the first one that comes to mind. I always just am floored when I I have a client come off of this. It's a, a antibiotic, and it can wipe out almost ninety percent of your gut bacteria just one round. What happens when that happens? It can take almost a year to repopulate that good bacteria back yeah. into your gut. Okay. What are the symptoms? What do you feel when you have 90% of your bacteria gone? What happens? Food sensitivities, insomnia. I mean, all of the things that we've talked about. You so know, what about these peanut allergies we see so much now? Do you think that's mm-hmm. related? It's, it's definitely possible. I think the production of peanuts and the incidence of mold that we see in the, in the industry is also a big contributor to it. But there's definitely a connection. I mean, like I said, 70% of our immune system is located in our gut. And when we are having an imbalance and we start reacting to things that we normally wouldn't react to, I, I think a, a standard client of mine would be someone who comes in and says, oh, I, you know, I used to be able to eat this and now I, I can't eat, you know, even eggs or can't even eat, you know, carrots, just random foods and things that they're not tolerating that they used to tolerate. Okay. So this... You can notice something, you can be fine one day, and then all of a sudden you're way out of whack. Mm-hmm. If you can't figure out what's going on, it might be related to gut health. Okay, we have a Ernie and David and Patty and Weymouth all of a sudden here. Ernie, say hello to Erin. Hi, er- hi, Bradley. Hi, Erin. Hi, Ernie. Nice to meet you. Same here. Uh, boy, it's, uh, it's, I'm lucky to have you on the air tonight. I just went through three or four rounds of antibiotics. Wow, okay. And I came down with C. diff. Okay. With what? And you can, C. diff. That is nasty. Yep. What is that? Clostridium difficile. I'll tell you, I'm on my second round, and I hear it's very hard, it's very hard to cure. Mm-hmm. 
and I, I, I might have to go in for a, uh, not to get gross, a fecal transplant. Yeah, that's. You aware? Is that? I hear that's pretty successful. Yep, that is honestly the best I've seen a, a lot of success with the, yeah. the fecal transplant. I would I would hold hope for that one. Um, you know, I've had clients do the same. It sounds like the same path that you've taken, and then the fecal transplant has been the the solution to the problem. So I hope that I hope yeah. that they can get that for you. Yeah, like I said, I know they had me on three or four different rounds of some heavy uh, anti uh, you know anti. And I knew it threw my whole gut system off. Mm-hmm. Ernie, thanks a lot, and uh, you know, I hope this gets straightened away. Yeah. One more quick question. Yes, sure. Uh, Aaron, is it pretty easy to get in to get that? I know they do it over at Leahy in Burlington. Is there something you have to wait for weeks or months, or do you know? Yeah, I, it's the wait list is pretty long, and it's because it's still fairly new. I, I'm not yeah. familiar with exactly how how long it would take you to get in there, but uh, I, I hope they can get you in there sooner rather than later. I, I know how, how difficult that can be. The symptoms are just awful. Yeah, it, 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 like I said, I can't even describe how bad it is. All right. sure. Thank you, Ernie, and all the best. Wow, what is the disease? It's basically Clostridium. a... Clostridium difficile, and it's very, very common. You know, very common to contract in like a long-term care facility. It's a basically a type of bacteria that is in it inhabits your colon, and it's just it's very. And it can very, do that because your good bacteria is gone. It can. It it's basically it. It doesn't have to be because your good bacteria. Okay, it's is just gone. something it's, you catch. Yeah, yeah. All right, David and Chelsea. Now you're on with Erin Kenny from Nutrition Rewired. Hello, David. Hello, Bradley and Aaron. Uh, For years, I've been struggling with diarrhea. At one point, a specialist gave me uh, Metamucil and Colace Mm -hmm. to take to uh, solve the problem. But for some reason, I got off that, and I've been taking over-the-counter anti-diarrheal pills. Mm Since then. It sounds like you need to address uh, the actual cause rather than the symptoms. Erin, what would you say? I would I would definitely agree. Definitely. Have what? you tried any dietary or other, you know, changes before You probably need to see actually a, a nutritionist, David. Well, I, I don't eat vegetables and fruits too much. Mm-hmm. Well, tell tell you what, we we're not gonna be able to diagnose you on the uh, the radio here. It sounds like you're out of whack. And you need to see a professional like, you know, someone, either Aaron or someone like Aaron. If you want to, maybe you want to go to the website, nutritionrewired.com, and uh, maybe that can get addressed. Yeah, it's very easy to become dependent on those medications. A lot of, a lot of people do, you know, whether it be for constipation or for diarrhea. And your body does, you know, start to become dependent on them. But making dietary change and lifestyle change is something you should definitely work with a professional on because, you know, chances are it's, a, it's something that's definitely resolved by just making those, those shifts. And uh, getting the bacteria back in order. Patty in Weymouth. Hi, Patty. You are on busy Now with Aaron, hey. Ken, Aaron and Brad. Yes. Hey, Aaron. Hi, okay. Bradley. Hey. Um, Aaron, your story sounds exactly like mine. And I have my mother that just recently passed away, and she went through the same problems. I am taking care of my problems, but I know how hard it is. Mm. I'm allergic to everything, mm-hmm. and it seems like nothing, nothing agrees with me. Mm. I like chicken, and I like fish. So I get along and I know what to do. Mm. I know what dish is next and I know how to handle it. Good luck to you, Erin. And I'm going to look into your 
Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'm sorry to hear about your I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you, Patty. If you want to, again, look it up and maybe start a relationship, that's nutritionrewired.com. When you go to my website and you go to the contact form and you put your email in and that's basically you signing up for a free 20-minute call with me. Okay. And you'll go over some basic things and just under to make them understand how you work, mm-hmm. et cetera. Yep. Something uh, also important to address is you could tell that Patty and Ernie isolated. This is a very isolating, especially when it gets severe, the, the, the problems caused by ill gut health are isolating, partly because there's a stigma and partly because the Western medical community is doesn't really get it. They'll just you know, throw some medication at you and tell you to go home. Is that, was that isolation? Did you experience that? And Yeah, absolutely. When, when Patty said that it, you know, I could really, really feel that deep because I was, when I was struggling and I was, you know, suffering from gut issues, I just remember going to the doctor and you know, they did the same thing, threw some medication at me and, and even looked at me like I, you know, had five heads when I told them some of my symptoms or a connection that I had made. And it, it, it can be incredibly isolating. They told, you told them the carrots were a problem for you and they just didn't believe you. Yep. They kind of rolled their eyes and, you know, I'm, I'm not an idiot. You know, you can see when a doctor, you know, starts to look down at his chart and just says, okay, like, you know. And that's one of the reasons... That you you had to go out that you do this now is because you had to find out about it all by yourself. Yep, and and I, there was one practitioner who was a holistic dietitian, and she was the first person I remember. I remember sobbing in tears because after our call, she validated everything I said. She heard what I said, and she listened, and she asked questions, and she didn't, you know talk to me like I was crazy or say, that's weird. I don't understand. She was the first person who truly made me feel heard. And that was the first time when I started to, you know, feel a sense of, okay, there's, there's support here. There's, there's help. And there's other people out there who are going to be, you know, part of this process okay. with me. So you want to, if you'd like to make contact, it's uh nutritionrewired.com. It's Jennifer in Weymouth. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Bradley. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Jennifer. Um, th- thanks for the topic, um, and thanks for what you're doing, Aaron. Mm. I had a couple of things, if I could, to throw out, and you could say, I'm just saying these are things that I know of, a um, couple of things are suggestions, um, and uh, other things I know have worked um, quite well for myself and people that I know. Uh, and you can let me know your feeling on them, and obviously the listening audience, but uh, pre- and probiotics. Mm. Um, yeah, we're going to get to that. It's on the list. Okay, good. And then um, unsweetened coconut milk um, for the gut, um, I've heard, can be quite amazing. Um, And the other thing is um, regarding um, inflammation, uh, fish oil is a great thing. If you use a good quality fish oil, it has to be, I like something like Nordic Naturals or something. You have to use a good product, and you should always check with your doctor because it will thin your blood and so forth before you start that. But um, and you, again, I don't know your feelings on these, but um, and you mentioned again because we all know, as you were saying, there in the danger of inflammation. Mm-hmm. And uh, a test you can do too is the CRP, the C-reactive protein test. Yeah. And um, last but not least, you you guys are just talking about allergies. 
Um, I don't know that you've heard, Aaron, you probably have, that the Lone Star Tick is now causing serious meat allergies, mm-hmm. even anaphylactic reactions after people have been bit by Lone Star Ticks, which I know are down on the Cape at least now. Mm-hmm. So it's something for people to be aware of if you've always eaten meat and never had an issue, but you realize after you're eating meat and you're sick, if you've been bitten by a tick, a lone star tick, there's a definite correlation. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard several specials on it, and it's a little bit terrifying because, like I said, some of the reactions are really bad. And uh, Bradley, I'm like you with the whole deer tick thing, and now we have the whole lone star tick thing right. to look forward to. Right. But those, well, those right. are just suggestions. Let's and, um, as, you know, it is hard for people. I felt very bad for Patty, and um, a lot of people struggle with these things. So, again, thanks for having the subject. I appreciate right. it. You're welcome. Thank you very much, Jenny Thank you. in Weymouth. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask. Uh, we can you can you stay an extra fifteen minutes? Yeah, absolutely. All right, just because we have a couple of calls and we didn't get the pre and pro. Yeah. And I I did want to know if there's a test you can do to find out how badly you're out of balance with your bacteria because, and there may not be because it's individual. Mm-hmm. There's not one correct level of each of the bacteria. Bacteria. What's the plural? Like bacteria. Yeah. Uh, is there a, how does the testing work? That's a great question, and and those were some great points that she had. I love Nordic Naturals; is a great brand. Um, but so, what I will say for testing is our gut bacteria can change within 24 hours. If you were to you know increase your bean intake today, your gut bacteria would look different tomorrow. Yeah, that makes it very difficult to test the gut and make recommendations. You'll find tests out there that will say, oh, hey, we're going to test your gut bacteria using a stool test, and we're going to make recommendations based on that, which is there's you can see how there's a disconnect there. You'd have no idea whether that was your average right. but, uh, bacterium count. Mm-hmm. The, the best test to do would be a GI map. That is a good test to see. That would include CRP. It would include certain species that could be indicative of inflammation in the gut, it could. So if you, you have a lot of this particular one or that particular one, that might right. be a, something to watch out for. Exactly, and also parasites and you know other bacteria that are present that shouldn't be there. GI map is the gold standard for that. Okay, now let's do Pam in New York. We'll do Pam and Mark, and then another fifteen minutes. So first, it's Pam in New York. Thanks to yes. thanks for calling us. Uh, say hi to Aaron Kenny of Nutrition Rewired and NutritionRewired.com. What's up, Pam? Hi, hi, Aaron. Well, I was calling because just recently um, I was looking into um, ways to try and make myself feel better. I have Hashimoto's, and I stumbled across um, the idea of using probiotics and. Um, raw apple cider vinegar i drink water with cider vinegar every day i have been doing for years but you know throughout the day i sip the water especially since i'm retired now actually i did it at work too i would just uh sip it throughout the day and but i but i found that the um raw apple cider would be better Mm -hmm. but my main question for you is about the what type of a probiotic for hashimoto's um uh, would be the best because it seemed like I, I saw two different recommendations. One was for a yeast um, type probiotic and the other one was a broad spectrum with mm. lactobacillus and something that started with a B. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I wasn't sure which one to to go after because I'm going to tomorrow. Before, Aaron answers the question. Aaron and and I were talking before the show about probiotics. And Aaron warned against kind of overdoing it with one type of probiotic and and not taking yes. a balanced approach. So go yeah. ahead and answer Aaron. Yeah, what I would say is it, we, yes. it's hard to, to say a specific strain in particular would be beneficial mm-hmm. towards a targeted disease. We're still very new in the research there. I would say mm-hmm. getting a variety. So I love what you're doing there with the, the apple cider vinegar. And what she's referring to is the mother. You want to get the apple yes. cider vinegar that has the mother mm-hmm. in it. And that's where you get the... The benefits for the gut health and i would the mother? say the mother is that the, the brand name it's 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 no. basically saying that it contains the the raw unfiltered form of the bacteria okay so that's good you can take that this vinegar and it's just a good thing to do at any time it's it, it can be good you know there's always a there's always a caveat with nutrition you, you know it can be bad for some people but typically there are a lot of health benefits is there to, a way to know ahead of time if it's good or bad for you you'll know you'll not not ahead of time you'll, no. just know. you'll have to trial and error and you'll know pretty quickly if it's good or bad wow. and I would say for you I would I would recommend getting um, you know a broad spectrum and, and just trialing and erroring that's what you have to do is you just have to say okay does it help with your your bowel movements do you notice any negative side effects which will happen pretty quickly and mm-hmm. you know other than that there's no way to, to say a specific type but do you have a brand that you recommend I know you recommend thorn lab vitamins as mm-hmm. a good as a good lab do you have a probiotic brand do you like I like Claire Labs. Claire Labs is a great, it's a great brand. I've been recommending it to clients for years. K-L-A-I-R-E, Claire Labs. Oh. And I would okay. look into their products. They've got a, a whole host. I usually just start a client on the, the broad spectrum powder because you can adjust the dosage. I would say that's the, the, best, the best place to start. Pam, I hope that's helpful. We're talking about gut health, how the bacteria in your gut gets out of whack and a little bit of how to fix it or at least how to start the process. It's a process of fixing it. And we have Mark in Cape Cod, who's been on hold for a while. Thank you so much for holding on, Mark. Say hi to Aaron Kenny. Mark, are you there? Hey. Uh, yes, I am. Good. Uh, hi there. Um, hello, Aaron. Uh, I have an issue, and I, it seems to be right up what you're talking about. Uh, I uh, was prescribed Augmentin to get rid of a nasty thing I had and came off of it. And then uh, my dermatologist has given me, uh, I have precancers, and she's given me this, uh, I have a hard time pronouncing it, but fluorocyl, it removes my uh, precancers. Mm -hmm. Um, And from there, I've had uh, a lot of uh, uh, stomach things and uh i have cardiac background anyway too which isn't that great and it makes me a little nervous and uh i will email you definitely but i'm just you know wondering trying to talk to the medical field 
and try to have them understand, um, you know, your holistic approach. Mm. I'm almost ready to stop taking this medication that I'm taking right now because I seem to be feeling worse taking it. I just have a question about the stuff that take they're giving you to treating you for the pre-cancer. Why don't they, it's things you can see on your skin. Why don't they cut them out? Oh no, there's there's numerous ones of them. Uh, it, it's I've been through this with them before in the huh. past several okay. times. If you've ever seen anybody have a chemical peel, you'll see it on their faces sometimes. I even have it on my arms and like I oh, I see their skin. Yeah. Wow. All right, Aaron. So I'm kind of a. What can you say to guide Mark? Yeah, I would recommend, I always recommend having a, a holistic uh, approach on your team, whether it be, you know, alone or in combination with the care that you're already receiving, because it sounds like they, you know, you've got some good recommendations coming from them. But I think having, you know, another set of eyes and someone addressing it from a holistic perspective is, is really important if that's something that, you know, is within your means. Yeah, uh, that's what I have to do. I'll have to email you and and, and go from there. Yeah. Because um, I mean, it, it, even just the side effects that they tell on this thing is insomnia, mm-hmm. uh, uh, irritation, you know, things like that. So All the fun stuff, right? I guess uh, that's what I go. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, uh, thank you for your time, yeah, and uh, I'll uh, I'll give you an email and uh, I'll go from there. I guess. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Mark. I'm glad we could introduce the two of you. Now, uh, important to talk about micromanagement, especially in something that's in such flux as the bacteria in your gut. One of the problems is people hear about one aspect of treatment and go hog wild on that one thing and overdo do it in not a very balanced approach. Do you, do you see that? And what are some of the common ways that people micromanage and go overboard in one aspect? I'm I'm actually going to share this quote that I shared today on my, and it's not a quote, it's someone posted on Twitter. They said, diet culture will have you believe that your body can handle a million different sketchy supplements, shakes and cleanses, but not a piece of bread. And I love that because it's so true. We, we uh, often, I have clients come in and they say, okay, well, I started taking vitamin D and I started taking ashwagandha and I started taking this supplement and supplements are, you know, they're isolated and they're not in their true natural form. And vitamin D or omega-3s, which one of the callers mentioned, although they're beneficial, they're beneficial when they're eaten in whole foods. And when we isolate them in research, we don't see a lot of the same benefits that we do compared to the whole foods. But but vitamin D you do take. I do take vitamin D. It's just not as effective as if you can get it naturally. Right. And I eat salmon, you know, two to three times a week to make yeah. sure I'm also getting natural food sources. Why do you choose salmon day? as opposed to cod? Just like it better? So salmon is, cod actually doesn't have a high amount of vitamin D I compared see. to salmon. And then also when you have salmon and you, you know, have the bones in there, maybe it's canned, you also get the calcium do in there. Do you eat canned salmon? Yep. Okay. Yep. Do you, always in wild caught? Wild caught. Farm salmon is terrible, right? I, swimming around in its own <laughs> goo, goo, right? In the, I, in the pen. I highly recommend always buying wild-caught seafood when possible. It's it's definitely the nutritional quality of it is different, and you're just the color's different. The color's different. The what co- about the PCBs and the and the bad chemicals that accrue in the larger fish? It's a balance, right? 
Right. So, like salmon aren't that big, so they don't have a chance to get to to collect as much of the bad stuff as a large fish. But you do kind of have to be aware of that too. Too much salmon will will be counterproductive as well, right? Right. And our you know, our bodies are 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 equipped to handle certain levels of these toxins and chemicals, but should you be eating seafood seven times a week? No. It's right. it's all about the balance and making sure your body's got a good detoxification system, meaning your gut's healthy and right. and that's important. So doing what I do is hearing something about one aspect and doing that all by itself, mm. it can be counterproductive, correct? correct? And also the quality of the supplements. You can find heavy metals and fillers and additives and things in supplements that are going to be worse for your health than than what you would imagine. You're, you're trying to do something positive for your health and it can actually be you know, counterintuitive. Okay. And we, we talked about probiotics to replace bacteria that might be gone, mm -hmm. broad spectrum. But what are, what are and what are the importance of prebiotics? Think of it like a fish tank. If you, you, you have a fish, you just got a brand new fish, well, you need to feed the fish, right? Yeah. Same thing with the probiotics. You have that bacteria in there, now you need to feed them. Prebiotics, which are found in foods like resistant starch, so potatoes, they're found in um, artichokes, asparagus, bananas. There's plenty of foods. You just do a quick Google search what yeah. foods contain prebiotics, and you want to make sure that you have those foods in there to feed them and keep them alive and healthy. So how do they work? What do they do, these foods? They I didn't really understand the fish tank. <laughs> exactly. That probably wasn't the best example, honestly. It's just it was, me, trust me. It was it's, pretty it's simple me. of just me, a way of me trying to say, you're just feeding it. You're feeding those bacteria. They need that food to survive. It's a type of fiber. Okay, so you get the you get the bacteria in there, and you need to give the bacteria food to eat. And, it, and, and the prebiotics are the food. Exactly. Okay, so in the fish tank, the fish is the probiotics, and the prebiotics are the fish food. Yes. All right, I, I didn't understand. <laughs> it's, I swear it's me, it's not you. <laughs> Harvey in Boston, one final phone call. And what's up, Harv? How are you? Very well, uh, Aaron. Aaron. Hi, Harvey. I had a quick, how are you, Aaron? I had a quick uh, couple of questions here that relate to, um, I haven't heard the uh, term IBS or SIBO mm. mentioned. Did I miss that? No. Those two. Okay, does this come under all these uh, bacterial problems in the gut come under IBS or SIBO? Correct, what yes. is, what is What are the two of them? So we have small bacteria, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which is a condition where you have bacteria in your small intestine that shouldn't be there. That's SIBO. Very common, actually. Yes, it, this mm -hmm. is a it's a great point to bring up, and also IBS, which is an umbrella term for. Oh. We do have a set of criteria to diagnose it, but essentially, it's when someone has gas, bloating, you know, digestive, yes. you know, right. diarrhea, constipation. A practitioner right. will diagnose this when they don't really have another, you know. Some diagnosis. umbrella term. It's just a name for a collection of symptoms. It doesn't really address the cause. IBS. On SIBO, a friend of mine, speaking for him, uh, had those symptoms. He was diagnosed with it six months after he donated a kidney. Mm. And we were suspicious that may, that may, that could have had something to do with it. And we checked it out with the nephrologist, and they, they didn't think so. Uh, were, were there so, antibiotics given during the procedure? I would think there would be. Uh, I, I, yes, 
Yes, but uh, when he was diagnosed with SIBO, they kind of ruled out the uh, the kidney donation. Uh, he is a person, you mentioned stress, Aaron, mm. that's very, um, reacts highly to any kind of stress. <laughs> and we thought that was more in line with the cause of these symptoms that was, he was having, the ones that you mentioned. Uh, no pain, no real pain, but... Uh, had to be close to a bathroom sometimes, and mm-hmm. uh, then went days without needing a bathroom at all, and uh, flatulence and all that. And so his doctor put him on a drug called Zyfaxin. Mm-hmm. Yep. He said What's that, that was the drug of choice. Yep, that's usually uh, the first line of defense for treating SIBO, and it's you know it it can be good. Now I'm curious as to hear his experience. I have a lot of clients who go on that, and then they have the reoccurrence. It doesn't completely. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. After two weeks, it's a very hard drug to approve. Mm -hmm. And also it's very expensive. So we needed approval on it. We got it finally. Uh, And then uh, they gave it to him for three weeks and tested him for SIBO. And and it was still there. Mm -hmm. And he still had the symptoms. So the doctor wanted to try it for six weeks. (laughs) And we said, you know, maybe we should hunt up another doctor. And uh, we uh, went over to um, MGH and found somebody there who gave him motility tests Mm -hmm. and uh, tested him for allergies and said that he uh, has better stay off. They gave him the FODMAP diet, F-O-D-M-A-P. Yep, low FODMAP, yep. What's that? So FODMAPs are a type of carbohydrate that are easily fermentable in the gut, meaning that... Low, so not many things that can ferment. Right. So putting someone on that low FODMAP diet is essentially restricting that type of carbohydrate. And now, has he had success on it? No. Uh, No. Uh, We're talking about a period of three years now. So in the last year, uh, we decided let's take uh, the uh, testing that he's done. Mm -hmm. And we researched uh, another doctor who was excellent uh, here in Boston, uh, associated with Tufts. And uh, he tested him for allergies, which he thought he had uh, previously uh, to dairy, and there was none. And then there were two glucose tests that were negative. Uh, And they tested him for SIBO, and it was negative. Mm. Wow. But Mm. as you said, that bacteria can change. It could have been negative then, but might not be today. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, his like you mentioned, his stress, I think we, we definitely don't understand how important that really is and, and it does it impacts your motility i mean if you're not if you're eating carbohydrates that are fermentable and your your motility is not there and you're not having a bowel movement regularly you're going to have pretty awful symptoms hey, harvey we, thank you so much if you know you can check in with aaron uh, we intend to okay I've got it i will speak with aaron thank you so much okay thank you take care aaron kenny boy thank you so much you you seem to be the real deal to me nutrition rewired NutritionRewired.com. You know, you'll have to come back, I guess, because there seemed to be a lot of interest in this very subject. It's not even like we need to do another subject. This gut health thing, uh, I'll do some more research and I'll get back to you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. This is fun. Aaron Kenny, (laughs) MSRD, LDN, and HCP, Nutrition Rewired. Thanks a lot. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.